This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Continuing this morning with our study on the words of redemption, and uh, I'm sure this has been a real blessing. How many of this study are really helping you to understand some words that we just read about and... Uh, uh, English is actually the poorest language in the world for expression. How many of you knew that? <laughs> and uh, so uh, many words uh, that to us are bland and uh, have uh, just a very shallow meaning, uh, the corresponding uh, uh, words in the Scripture, as it was written in uh, Greek and Hebrew, are far richer and far more meaningful and, and a great deal deeper than the English uh, uh, words which you and I use. And so this is uh, one of the purposes of this study is to help us to give us an understanding of the words that the uh, Word of God uses to give us uh, the revelation of all that God has done for us and through us and in us and for us uh, through the Lord Jesus Christ. And so these words of redemption uh, have certainly been a uh, blessing as I've run over uh, many of them and searched out some new uh, meanings and uh, some understandings with them. And so uh, we uh, have been studying this, the words of redemption. So I wonder if we uh, open this morning, if we've uh, uncovered any areas that haven't been clarified, we've raised any questions that we haven't answered, or any problems that we haven't solved, or we've... Uh, uh, We've said something that you disagree with, that you'd like clarified. Uh, anyone have anything, any question or any, any thought this morning as we open? Words of redemption. Praise the Lord. Regeneration. Great word. Amen? Okay. Anybody have any question that we raise concerning that word? What does it mean? Somebody tell me what it means. Born again. Probably the best word that we could give is born again. And what does that mean? Danny? Okay, metamorphosis, Danny says. It's a changing is the best example of being born again. What, is, what does that word literally mean? I was just thinking about that this morning when I was... Okay. Regeneration means a change, a fundamental change, uh, which uh, the word for that in the scripture is, uh, there are several words that are exactly uh, identical, transfigured, uh, changed, uh, born again. All of these have exactly the same uh, tenses. And uh, what it really means is that it's a change. And that's what the word change means. Fundamental to regeneration is that word change. Means that, uh, for a means of illustration, like a caterpillar, and this caterpillar is uh, crawls into a, uh, a cocoon, uh, is uh, slimy, green, ugly, knots on it, spots on it, and uh, a leaf-eating creature, it emerges, a beautiful butterfly, completely different, flies, uh, sucks nectar out of flowers, and uh, soars and flitters and flutters around. It's a heavenly creature. That's exactly a good description of uh, born again. Somebody else had a thought over in here somewhere. They lifted their hand. Maybe we already got it. Ray? Okay, we're talking about a miracle. When you take a human being and change him, I'm not uh, saying that we, uh, uh, that we don't uh, get him to confess some uh, principles of reforming or he's going to quit while he's in danger of getting caught or uh, any of those things. When you change that man fundamentally uh, and 
and, uh, and uh, you bring about this, then you're talking about something that man cannot perform. He can go to all the shrinks he wants to. He can uh, embrace all the religions he wants to. He can go through all the Eastern disciplines that he wants to. But you're not going to bring this about. His nature will be exactly the same. We're talking about man's basic nature, his makeup, what he is. See, what you do will be what you are. And if you're going to change that, then you're going to have to have a miracle. And man is incapable of working miracles. You're going to have to have the hand of God operative. And God is the only one that can bring that about. Very good. Someone else before we go on. Uh, sister? Yes. Very good illustration. Someone else? Uh, Tom? Yes. Now, we're not talking about a doctrine. We're talking about a reality. See, salvation uh, is not involving doctrines. And when we're talking about being born again, we're not talking about a cliché that is popular in a presidential year. We're talking about something that you have either experienced or have not experienced. And it's something that must have transpired. And uh, in reality, it is not a doctrine. It is an experience. And uh, redefinition. See, many people, when confronted with the term born again, rather than face the reality that they have never been born again, they will redefine it in light of their own creedal statement or organizational stance. And uh, thus missing the entire experience and destroying the power of the Word of God. So redefinition covers a multitude of sins, and we are not trying to redefine. We're trying to discover what the Bible means when it says born again or regenerated. Yes. Very good. Someone else. I had another hand back here somewhere. Uh, Phil? Okay. There, we know that there has been a change because there is visible evidence in the life. There's just as much evidence of a new birth as there is for a baby being born into the world. And if that evidence is not there, then you have no baby. I don't care how much of a psych job you're going to do. <laughs> you can uh, use your imagination and you can dream around. But until there's a baby, there's no baby. When there's a baby, there's a baby. Jesus said, a man born again. Until there's life, there has been no birth. Life. That would be the, the best uh, definition of what Phil said. Uh, we're not talking about doctrine. We're talking about life. And that change has transpired issues in life. Uh, lifestyle. Someone else. Very good. Insight. Anyone else before we move on this morning? Regeneration. Danny. Yes. Right. Right. See, psychologists and uh, and uh, etc. are dealing with the symptoms of this nature. See, prisons are dealing with the symptoms of this nature, but that's not uh, that'll never help. Uh, and this isn't to say that that these people did not accomplish some good, but it won't solve the problem. See, when this man gets out of prison, he'll just be more skilled and he'll be better equipped because he has the insights. As a matter of fact, uh, I was reading recently, maybe I brought this out last week, where uh, a survey was done of prisoners in a, in a certain prison. And, uh, and the prisoners uh, answered this survey that they watch all the good uh, police stories, Kojak and and uh, and the Hawaii Five O and Mod Squad and all these because they learn all kinds of slick techniques and get ideas for uh, for legal uh, procedures and know what they can get away with on these programs 
and uh, and many of them were there because of crimes that they had performed as a direct result of inspiration. So what, what we're saying is when they get out of prison, that hasn't solved their problem, although we believe in prisons and, uh, and are in full accord with them. But that's what the problem is, is it? What our problem is, is man has got a deep inner problem. You have to change him from the inside out. Matter of fact, uh, the jail up here furnishes an excellent place for uh, thinking and meditation where the troops can go in and preach and the backsliders can consider and ponder their ways. And, uh, and uh, it's, a, it's a marvelous thing. And I'm fully in favor of it. Amen. And uh, so, uh, uh, but that doesn't solve the problem. But it might furnish the catalyst that brings about the result. Praise God. The seed will suddenly get watered and come to life. Very good. Someone else. I thought I had a hand back here. Bob Swope. Yes, the outward mechanics do not bring about the inward result. And regardless of what they are, whether they be uh, a Protestant ritual or whether it be a Catholic ritual or whether it be an Eastern ritual, it doesn't matter unless the results uh, transpire why it's all an outward show. I had another hand over here somewhere. Ray. Right. Right. Just a spiritual experience will not bring this about. Repentance uh, means that you quit your sin. Not that you sweep. See, that's not repentance. I've prayed with many people. They're just the snot and tears are abundant. They just flow and flow and flow. And they'll groan and, and, uh, and, and carry on and get up and go ex do exactly what they did before. They didn't repent. They were sorry for their sin. They're sorry for the circumstance. They're sorry they got caught. Or they're sorry they don't have the answer, but they didn't quit sinning. That is not repentance. See, uh, the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. And the moment a man sincerely opens up, then Jesus Christ, through that repentance, gives him new birth and uh, puts his faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, and that change comes to pass. Okay, very good insights. Anybody else have any telling comment to make at this time? The only evidence of uh, regeneration is in the lifestyle. That's the only proof. Lifestyle. Show me your faith without your works, and I'll show you my faith with my works, James said. said, you say you've got faith, but by your works you deny that you have faith. So he said, I want to see some evidence. Prove it to me. The only proof of a saved individual or, or salvation or regeneration or being born again is the lifestyle we live. Without that, doctrines mean nothing. I don't care how neat your preacher is or how good your church is. Going into a chicken house doesn't make you a chicken. Neither coming to church makes you a Christian. Praise the Lord. Okay, we want to take a new word this morning. And that new word is salvation. Salvation. I think there was a Broadway play by that name, wasn't there? One period of time. Salvation. A musical. Uh, and so, uh, uh, probably we need a definition for that word then, don't we? Because salvation is definitely not a Broadway musical. <laughs> <laughs> Whether down in uh, down on the Tempe campus when Jed Smock and Mike Maston were preaching, why this uh, this guy that got all vile and uh, they're preaching about Jesus Christ. See, the only thing that'll bring about regeneration is is uh, is the preaching of Jesus Christ. You're not going to do it by a denomination, a cool religious rap. There's only one thing. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. To everyone that believed, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. And uh, the preaching of the cross is foolishness to them that are perished. But unto us who are saved, it is the power of God. And so they're preaching Jesus Christ. And this guy is vile and he shouts out, Jesus Christ is a rock star. Well, I beg to differ with you. We don't have any evidence that he even ever picked up a guitar. <laughs> But you see, our generation, many of them who are savages raised in our school systems and on our streets 
And in our neighborhoods, nothing more than savages. Oh, they've got a, a nice haircut, and uh, they've got their high hairstyle. They have a nice double-knit double suit on, and uh, they may have a college degree, but they're nothing but savages. They might as well have a loincloth on, be running through the jungle. They're no better. They just uh, are, have a little more education, or what they call education. They've got some facts in their head. Okay, so th they know nothing of the reality of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So we want to talk about salvation. Three Greek words are used and are important to us. One of them is, is the word sozo, which uh, uh, means to save. The other is soter, which is savior. And the other is a derivative of the two, uh, soterio, which is salvation. These words are those that are used prominently in the Scripture over and over again. And they literally mean, they have the sense to, to make whole, to heal, to make sound, or to, to save, or to preserve. All these thoughts are involved in the, in the, uh, in the, uh, in the term of salvation. In other words, uh, it involves to save, it involves the Savior, uh, or means that there, you must, there must be a Savior, and it involves uh, salvation, or the, uh, the whole scope of salvation, and there's wholeness, or healing, uh, not simply just physical healing, but body, soul, and spirit of the whole person. It means there's something that is sick, or something that is deficient, or something that is diseased. It means a, a, to bring a wholeness into that life, or into that person. And that's really what sin is all about. It's a terrible disease. It is a spiritual disease. And I want you to know that, that, that uh, any, uh, anything but a total cure is insufficient. A little dab of philosophy, a shot or two of religion, a little bit of discipline, uh, some ritual or two, some exercises will never bring healing or wholeness to this man. It's not brought about by head wrap. You're not going to go through some mental exercises or some uh, spiritual awareness trips and bring this about. We're talking about a fundamental disease that is a spiritual disease that is working in man's entire being, manifests in society, manifests in his, uh, in his life, and what he needs is he needs to be saved, he needs a Savior, and he needs the whole scope of God's salvation. He needs healing and wholeness, and this is what is involved. Now, the Christian the Bible tells us, is a person who has been saved from the guilt and the penalty of sin. He's not trying to be. He's not hoping someday that he will be. He's not climbing a ladder hoping that when he gets there it'll be. He's not going through a tunnel seeking the light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, and when he finds that light, he will have been saved. A Christian, the Bible declares, is a person who has been saved from the guilt and from the penalty of sin. Always uses past tense concerning the Christian. Salvation is a past tense. This morning, if you uh, are a Christian, you're a person who have been saved. The Bible will not allow all the fancy terms. I, I uh, get some literature from a fellow, and he says that God told him that, uh, that he was to never use the terms of standard uh, Christianity which the Bible uses. Well, it's too bad that God didn't tell me about it. Amen. No, that he didn't tell Paul about it, or he didn't tell the apostles about it, or he didn't tell the New Testament church in the book of Acts about it, because they weren't afraid of those words at all. They just used him freely. They just belted them out, looked everybody in the eyeball and said, you know what, you need to get saved. See, we're in a whole generation that there's a cool rap that don't tell people they need to get saved. You turn them off. Well, that's too bad, isn't it? What our generation needs is a, is a confrontation that'll stir them down deep inside and bring them uh, to an encounter with the Word of God. 
Our cool rap does not bring about this tremendous miracle in man's soul. You talk all you want to, but beloved, it's the Word of God that is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the dividing asunder of the soul and the spirit and of the bone and the marrow, and it is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. See, it's God's Word that does the work, not our phrases. And when I hear somebody preaching, I want them to get this book out. Amen. This book that has been assaulted, this book that has been attacked, this book that, that uh, has been shoved aside, this book that has been discounted, but yet is, is being preached, and as it is preached, brings about miraculous transformations of human character. I want to hear somebody talk about the book. Tell me about the book. What does the book say? say well, what I think. I don't care what you say. What does the book say? See, we're talking about heaven or hell. We're talking about eternity. We're talking about salvation or damnation. What does the book say? And the book says, saved. Conversion is insufficient for that term. When we're talking about saved and salvation, we are talking, beloved, about something that is biblical and conversion does not describe that term. So you can convert a person from uh, uh, Paul Malls to camels. Or from speed to acid. But you can't save a person. <laughs> but one way, glory to God, and that's by the blood of Jesus Christ. Well, glory, I'm going to get to preaching. I better get back to business. <laughs> Past tense. Christian is a person who has been saved from the guilt and the penalty of sin. Justification is the word that we need to come to grips with as we talk about salvation because that's what's involved. Justification. Big $40 word. Justification. Justified. Justified. Justification. It is a legal term. It is a term that has to do with sentences and penalties. has to do with justice and guilt and penalty. And literally, this word is the best way you could, re you could remember. is just as if I had never sinned because that's exactly what it means justification does not mean that God now is putting up with you it does not mean that he has uh, those who believe in Jesus Christ on probation now and if after 40 years of perfect behavior he may this kind of depends he may Receive them. See, we're dealing with man's sin. And the only way man's sin can be remedied is by God's remedy. We're talking about a deep disease of the soul. And justification is that process by which God gives us a standing. And then we're talking right now concerning the standing just as if I had never sinned. It doesn't mean that we apply to the spiritual benefits of God's program and He feeds our name into a computer and the computer gives us a flip-flip and reads out and says, Steve Garfield. Oh, I see. <laughs> Looks to me like uh, there's some things that we have here back in your past record. Uh, well, I don't know. We'll have to have a, a council, and we're going to set to get down together, and we're going to decide what your status is, Garfield, because I see your record is here. See, that isn't justification. Justification means that the record's cleared. There is no past. The slate has been wiped clean. The past has been removed. There are no records. These vile filthy, unclean, 
rebellious, God-hating, cursing, dope-dealing, speed-eating, whiskey-drinking, prostitutes and whoremongers have been given a status by God whereby they stand in eternity just as if they had never sinned. And it begins right now. Boy, that's hallelujah stuff, isn't it? Now, maybe that doesn't, maybe you don't need that kind of, uh, of uh, process, but beloved, I do. Desperate for that kind of a deal. Maybe you've never had any problems in life, but I have. And if I'm ever going to make it to heaven, it's going to have to be a better deal than I can scrape up. Something's going to have to happen in the processes of God's justice whereby He will do for me what cannot be done on my behalf, which I cannot do. See, we need a lot of saving, brother. If we're going to make heaven our home, it's going to have to be a lot of saving transpired. See, the revelation of the Lord Jesus doesn't mean that we lift ourselves up by our bootstraps. Up! Straighten up, boy. You're going to have to walk. Well, the problem is, is at the time we start walking, why uh, we have problems develop, see? Justification, just as if I had never sinned. And besides that, our past is a, is a terrible thing, and unless we get a remedy for that past, uh, we're in bad trouble. Okay, I saw questions going up all over the place, and uh, we'll probably answer them in a minute, but let's see, maybe there's some that are pertinent. Uh, Ken? Yes. get into that in sanctification, then we confess our sins and we go back to the healer instead of conning ourselves and say, well, that ain't too bad. We come back to the source and get healed. But the beautiful thing, and we deal with that in sanctification, is we don't just get forgiven. Real salvation cures the root of it. See, that's the good news of the gospel. I had another hand down here. Sister... Definitely. Amen. Buried in the sea of forgetfulness. Justification. See, we're talking about justification. See, it doesn't mean that we... And, uh, but we're going get, to get into the grips of that when we get into sanctification because this, this bothers everyone. It says, okay, here's a clean slate. Better keep it clean, Garfield. One move and my flash water is ready. <laughs> See, God's not a... God's not a creature with a great big flash water just waiting for us to get into range and step out of line. See, that, you know, that's, not, that's not the understanding of salvation at all. Thank God for that. Amen? Praise the Lord. There's got to be a better salvation than that or we're not going to make it. I want over here. Quickly. Luke 7.50. Dave Burke. 1 Corinthians 1.18. Uh... Romans 5 1, uh, Sister Kathy. Romans 5 9, Sam. 2 Timothy 1 9, Brother Danny. Ephesians 2 5 through 8, Sister Pringle. Ephesians 2 5 through 8. See, man must be free from the just punishment which God's judicial nature or his justice demands. See, justice demands that. There must be a satisfaction of God's justice. But he must be freed from that in such a way that he is reconciled to God without fear. And God's justice is satisfied. See, we're talking about justification. Freed from the penalty. Justification. Freed from the guilt and the penalty 
sin in such a way that he is reconciled to God without fear and God's justice is satisfied. God's justice is satisfied. See, God, if God was a... Let's take a parent. If, if a parent uh, never did uh, bring any punishment or any just recompense for their family's deeds, uh, why? and they just said, well, that's okay, why, uh, you would turn out a monster. You've raised criminal material and they'll spend their life in a penitentiary. The same with God. You see, in this process of salvation or justification, his justice must be satisfied. Because if he ran the universe and he, and he did not deal with sin, he just said, that's okay. Then immediately a process would be released where God's justice would no longer reign and rule and his justice be satisfied and, uh, and you and I would not want to be in heaven because it wouldn't be anything that we desire at all because sin has penetrated God's creation. And what redemption is in the business of doing is removing sin from the creation, which involves you and I. Are you fair with me? Okay, justification means that process is gained whereby the problem is solved and we're given a standing before God. Have been saved from the guilt and pinnacle of sin. Luke 7.50. Here's a woman who was an immoral woman. She had uh, sexual problems, uh, but uh, she found faith in Jesus Christ. And he says to her, read it again for me, would you, Dave? Thy faith hath saved thee. Go in peace. Now, was he just saying words? Oh, no. These are not just words. He was talking about something that actually transpired. This woman went from that situation shielded with a wholeness. She had a moral problem. See, and people with moral problems need more than somebody to say, that's all right, I understand. Because they don't really like to be that way. See, you cannot be immoral and feel comfortable. The guilt and, and the... And the and the, uh, uh, the oppression and the awful feeling that is, is there from immorality. See, God made us that way. We cannot live in immoral circumstances and, and, uh, without feeling uh, guilt and feeling the results of it. But he says to this woman, is, is, this, is this the one, is this the woman who's healed of the issue of blood? Luke 7.50 is the immoral woman. Well, that's the immoral woman. That's okay. We're the right one. This is Mary Magdalene, out of whom cast seven devils. Okay. I'm still... I thought you look at your research and you had me all stuck up there. Okay. So we're talking about a wholeness. This woman needed a wholeness. And Jesus said, Thy faith hath saved thee. He wasn't just talking simply about the, the, the thing. This is something that satisfied God's justice. Reconcile this woman to God without fear and freed her from the penalty of the sin. 1 Corinthians 1.18 The preaching of the cross of Jesus Christ where Jesus died in the place of sinners satisfying God's just judgment paying the price to them that perish is foolishness but to us who are saved it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes becomes a reality, and that salvation enters in and changes that person. Very good. Romans 5, 1. Somebody lost their place. Romans 5, 9. Much more than being justified by his blood, as if I had never sinned. By his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. Romans 5 1. Somebody who has that read it out. Therefore, being justified by faith. What kind of faith? Faith in Jesus Christ. Faith in the cross. Faith in, in Calvary. The work of Calvary. Faith in, in uh, the blood of Jesus. We have peace 
with God. We're reconciled back to God. Second Timothy one nine. Saved us, not according to our own works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. Ephesians 2, 5 through 8. That's one of the greatest passages in the Word of God is Ephesians 2. Starting with verse 1 says what we are, we walked according to the prince of the power of the air, and uh, we're the children of wrath. And uh, But God, verse 4, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us. Now verse 5, this is the grabber. Even when we were dead in sins and trespasses, has made us alive in Jesus Christ. Not waiting until probationary period. said, if you're going to straighten up for two weeks, Bert, I'll see about it. I'll talk to you about it. We'll negotiate. Not saying if you walk for six months, Duke, we'll see about it. But while we're in this condition, we are dead. At that point, this justification transpired and God gave us life in Jesus Christ and has raised us up in Christ Jesus and, uh, and so on and so forth. Okay, we're talking about a legal and a forensic term. This has to do with court stuff. This has to do with justice. This has to do with satisfaction of the penalty, you see. We have three more scriptures, and I want to get those, and then I want four more, and then we'll open for discussion. Romans 3.24, someone over here. Uh, Margaret, Romans 3.24. Romans 8.30, uh, uh, brother. Uh, Romans 4.25, uh, Bob Swope, and uh, Titus 3.7, uh, Sister Mayo, Titus 3.7. Legal and forensic term has to do with court, has to do with justice. Romans 3.24, justification. We are justified how? Because we joined the Foursquare Church? Absolutely not. God forbid. We're saved how? Because we listen to Mitchell preach? Lord, deliver us. We're saved how? By His justified by His blood through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Thank God for that. Amen? Okay. Romans 8.30. Them He also justified. Past tense. Did you see that? Okay. Romans 4, 25. He was delivered for our offenses and raised again for our justification. Speaking of the death and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's the heart of the gospel. Without the death and resurrection... All church, all talk of religion, all talk of salvation, all talk is a waste of time. The entire principle, the entire revelation is based on Jesus Christ who died for sinners but was raised by the power of God, a visible evidence to you and I so that we can have assurance that God has accepted that work on Calvary. See, otherwise these become simply mouthings of philosophy. Jesus said, uh, uh, I'm going I'm to save the world, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. Other men have died. Many men were crucified in Jesus' day, but none were crucified as Jesus was crucified. He was crucified for the sins of the world. And the Bible says that unlike others of his day, he was raised by the power of God the third day so that we can have assurance that that which he preached was a reality and God sealed it and gave assurance unto all men. Whereby, the book of Acts says, he has given assurance unto all men in that he has raised him from the dead. We're about to come into a time when uh, multitudes in the world will celebrate 
uh, resurrection at the Easter time and uh, without quibbling about times doesn't really matter one way or the other but what we're talking about is the reality of the fact the resurrection of Jesus Christ Titus 3 7 being justified by his grace we'll deal with that word uh, at a later period uh, and we're made errors, justified by His grace, justified by faith, justified by His blood. Do you get that? It's, we're coming over and over again. Okay. So here we have, then the Christian has been saved uh, from the guilt and the penalty of sin. Okay. Uh, before we go on to the next thought, is there anyone who has a question right at that point that we could answer? Christian has been Dave? You talk about, and talked about before, about uh, Christ as our mediator instead of for people gathering our guys who are taking sin with people gathering our sins. Yes. There's this justification that makes Christ uh, that much more powerful than Satan in the fact that we are justified through Christ by the mediator. Yes. But the mediatorship is something that happens uh, momentarily, and we're dealing with this with the next. Uh, 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 segment away is that we are being saved from the habits and the dominion of sin. See, we're talking. We've talked so far about the about the legal the legal penalty, the guilt, or in other words, the justice of it. But we need more than just a standing. We, we've been talking about standing. See, is that we have a standing of righteousness, or we have a standing of justification. But we need more than that. See, that'll never satisfy us. And we kind of overlap there a little bit. I got to preaching. That'll never satisfy us because a drug addict wants free from his drugs. He doesn't just want somebody to say, that's okay, you're forgiven. He wants healing. Then he wants to be made whole from it. And so uh, the, this, is, this is where the mediatorship comes in, is that we are being, the Christian is someone who is being saved from the habit and the dominion of sin. That's why a lot of people will come into a church and, uh, and uh, they get saved, they're wonderful, their they're experience is real. But uh, pretty soon they find out that among the body of Christ that there are a couple of heels. And so they say, well, man, I thought this was, these people were angels. I've seen some pictures where everybody that's uh, supposed to be a saint and they've got a halo around their head, you know. Well, I got news for you. Church is a hospital, not a department store where the merchandise is on display. It's a hospital where these desperate cases are being worked on. <laughs> it's a body and fender shop where these wrecks are being bought and burnt and welded and, and, uh, and uh, sanded and scraped and beat on. Uh, in spiritually speaking, and brought back to conformity. <laughs> Amen. And brought back to conformity, and a new paint job has been put on them. Amen. And so when, they, when you come into a church, you're going to find people in all kinds of, of disrepair in the state. This is where they belong. They don't belong. Uh, they don't belong. Uh, they've been brought in to the, to the family of God so that they could be being saved. And so if you find one with the front bashed in, <laughs> cheer up. God love you. Maybe your turn next. You find one in a state of, of uh, disrepair and you say, man, I thought everybody that went to church was just, boy, I, wow. Well, praise God. This is a place where desperate cases are being, are being reconciled to God and are, be, be, and are being saved the awful power and the dominion of habit and of sin. Are you still with me? Okay. But the salvation or being saved or, or uh, having a Savior does speak of the temporal victory. Now, this is something that's very important that we see. This is the present or the temporal victory as opposed to something that's theological and is off in the future. 
In other words, this is something that God promises to believers is that He will give us victory over sin. The actual outworking of that sometimes is a period of time, but this is what God gives us a promise of, and I wouldn't want anything else. I'm glad that I don't have to be the person I am today. I'm glad that I'm not the person now that I was 20 years ago. Matthew 1.21. Someone get that for us. Praise God for the eager people. Steve Culver. Sam Atkins. Luke 1.77. Danny Brown. Luke 19.10. Romans 6.14. Uh, Brian. Romans 6.14. Over sin. We're given temporal victory over sin, first of all. Temporal victory over sin. That's why I preach Wednesday night that we have this alarm system, this security system. God's merchandise is connected with the switchboard of heaven. Amen. And uh, He does give warning so that He can give temporal victory over sin. That's why there's no excuse. People who have the rap, oh, we just all sin every day. Well, that's not the Christian walk. That's not the promise of Christ. That's not the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you better quit it. Luke, uh, Matthew one twenty one. The angel promised unto Mary, and she shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people, not in their sins, but from their sins. Praise God. Okay? And Luke one seventy seven. To give knowledge of salvation among the people by remission of their sins. That cleansing of sin brings about an experience whereby they're given a, a victory temporally over sin. Luke 19.10 For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Those are lost in sin are found in the present hour and are given victory, temporal victory over sin. Romans 6, 14. Sin shall not have dominion, rulership shall not control you, shall not dominate you, shall not reign over you. That's the Christian message. Okay? Not only over sin, but over the power of darkness. Luke 171. Who get that for us? Uh, Sam, I want Luke 171. Luke 10, 17 through 20. Dave Burke. I want Mark 534. Margaret. I'd like for someone over here to give me Mark 1052. Uh, Brother Jerry. Okay, could we have those? Luke 171. Uh, Luke 1. Luke 171. That we should be saved from our enemies. This was an Old Testament prophecy that was prophesied and picked up here in the gospel and proclaimed. And the Jews did not fully understand God's plan of salvation. And this is why Jesus' disciples said, When are you going to overthrow Herod and Pilate and get rid of these guys and establish the kingdom? See, they were thinking... Uh, not in terms of the spiritual, but they're talking in terms of the secular. And so, but nevertheless, the principle is there to give us deliverance from our enemies. The greatest enemy we have is sin. It's not our, uh, our uh, local uh, internal revenue agent who wants to, us to give an honest report. Amen? It isn't our mother-in-law. <laughs> it's our sin. That's our greatest enemy, is our sin. Okay, Luke 10, 17 through 20. Temporal victory. The demons responded. They came back rejoicing and said, Praise God. Even the devils are subject unto us 
and they had temporal victory over the powers of darkness. Mark 5, 34. Here's a woman who had a sickness, and as she touched Jesus, he turned to her and said, Daughter, by faith hath made thee whole. That word again, sozo, wholeness. Sickness and sin and demonic influence and over, overpowering the roots of it are in the power of darkness. Sickness is not a blessing, it is a curse. Mark 10:52. Thy faith hath made thee whole. Temporal victory over the power of darkness. Okay, we want, maybe we have just a couple of minutes and we want to, uh, to begin to talk about the Christian will be saved from all the curse at the return of the Lord Jesus. You see, there are three stages of salvation. We have been saved, we are being saved, and we will be saved. That involves uh, the changing of the body, and uh, so on and so forth. Uh, maybe we'll, uh, we'll hold that till next week. Maybe we can answer a couple of questions in a couple of minutes we have. Someone have questions that we, that we could answer. Sister? Say that again, sister. I wasn't listening real close. Yes. His... His people are those whose names are written down in the Lamb's book of life. Those who are born into God's family. Those who have received the adoption of sons through faith in Jesus Christ. Those who have experienced, uh, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to His mercy, He saved us by the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost. His people are those who believe. We find this out in the Revelation that they're not all Jews who are of, uh, not all Israel who are of Israel, but in Isaac shall thy seed be called. The children of the promise are not the are the are the heirs, not the children of the flesh. These who are connected with Jerusalem, which is above. Okay, another hand I had back here somewhere, so, brother. Temporal means the the present. This is the visible. This is now. This is down where we live. It has to do with uh, uh, B.O. and uh, brushing your teeth and eating food. This is the temporal, the temporal, n uh, natural, physical world in which we live. See, there's too much, there's too much religions head tripping. We're going we're gonna to transcend and we're going to be up here. You see, but the whole revelation of Jesus Christ, as I spoke last week, is Christ in you, the hope of glory. God uh, does not take us and we are up in the area, the ethereal spirit world somewhere in the, in the non-realities. But we are here and God comes down where we are and makes it a reality. And so salvation, we are being saved now from temporal sin. This is right now. See, there's too much of, too much of religion is, is someday. Seven or eight years when I, when I have come through the course of uh, I'm going to reach the, uh, this, uh, this, uh, this state and uh, maybe if I'm uh, if I'm really lucky, or or uh, or we trip out, and in this in this trip where we we we're involved in in, uh, in philosophical things, or we transcend, we meditate, or gaze at our belly button, or we release the serpent power at the basis of our spine by exercises and food and diet, amen. And so we try, no, that's not a, not at all. We're talking about something that's real, and that just real people like you and I can actually have victory over sin. And over the power of the devil. And so that's what temporal means. And that's what we are being saved. That means that this is something of present reality. Praise God. Well, next week we'll, we'll continue on and close out that. The Lord bless you. and. Uh